Okay, so before we start, we're going to say this. I want you guys to check out Almost Made the Mixtape's newest single, Your Inspiration Makes Me Sick, off their upcoming EP, Here's to Getting Old. Um, continuing to where their last single, 23 and Disappointed, leaves off, Your Inspiration Makes Me Sick delves into the disappointment of betrayal and the grim satisfaction that comes with watching someone get their comeuppance. Uh, the single is now streaming on all platforms. If you don't know what those are, how are you listening to this? Uh, you can find them on social media at AMTM Band. Um, and now I'm just kind of stalling because I left all this room. I already recorded an intro. Um, and instead of editing everything and moving everything again, I'm just going to say this sentence and thanks for listening. Follow us on social media. It's called Instagram. You have it. Follow us. Invite the neighbors. We're going to change our name soon. Follow us before we do. Okay. I love you. Thanks for listening. Here's the actual intro. going to do this one a little bit differently um i'm about to interview paper lanterns from the lansing area i first met them back when they played a show in ferndale way back in the olden times and they were cool guys definitely like a modern sort of approach to like the three-piece punk outfit hit them up way back when try and come on the podcast that was when i first met them i was podcasting at a show they were playing at in ferndale and i had like four episodes and so I don't think they were <laughs> like, I definitely know they had no idea who I was, but so it's definitely cool to have them coming over to my house now, maybe like a couple of years later to actually chat with them about whatever they got coming up. So you're about to hear all about it. I'm about to hear all about it. I don't really have much to say about it yet because I don't know what it is yet, but we're about to do the episode. And basically I'm going to be honest with you. I'm cutting this intro now because I don't want to do it later. And that's that. So follow us on Instagram, invite the neighbors pod, follow us on Twitter at ITN pod, even though the only thing I really post on Twitter is tweets about how much I hate Twitter and just making fun of Twitter itself and people who are on Twitter. I mean, if you don't understand why I do that, just go on Twitter and you'll understand it. Hopefully. Anyways, enjoy Paper Lanterns. I'm going to stop talking now. Enjoy the episode. I mean, we're writing music and stuff, but I mean, it's not like, hey, just wait a little bit, you know. Right, <laughs> right, right. Five months or so. What's up, Jerry? Maybe we'll have some recordings. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you guys are from Lansing? Jackson. Jackson. Oh, Jackson. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, Jen's apartment. They're the last band that came here. Lansing. They're from Lansing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we played quite a bit of shows with them at like a Max bar. Oh, dude. Max is sweet. Yep. Max is good. Gotta love Max. I've only been there once. Uh, I played there with some, some Lansing bands. Uh just solo i didn't get to play with a band but just it was really it was really cool like half the people it has like a built-in sort of crowd sometimes there too because people will come there not to see the show yeah they're just like regulars there's definitely a couple people that we see there every single time that are just chilling at the bar like oh you guys are skaters yeah randy park or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah like there were, it was kind of weird. I, I had to get used to it. It took me a couple songs of like looking out to the side where the bar and there's like people just like turned away, like having conversations and mm-hmm. stuff. I'm like, this is weird, dude. Mm-hmm. I, it's because it's emo is and punk. It's to me, it feels like weird background music. You know, it feels like if that's going on, like you either pay attention to it just based on what it is. Like mm-hmm. I feel like it just grabs your attention, mm-hmm. or I don't understand. Yeah, it's weird. I would never be the type that just like has that going on. And then I'm just like chilling at the bar, talking to some chick or something. Right. You know? <laughs> um, 
we've noticed um at like places at like max and stuff like that people aren't really paying attention but like when you finish a song for the most part they'll like turn around and like yeah. <laughs> the Go polite thing what they're doing yeah right. but that goes hand in hand with just playing places like that in general like we play a couple breweries and uh like people will be you know doing their thing having conversations with whoever they came with and drink beer and stuff but then like at the same time they're like really into it or you know just <laughs> they just yeah. they're, they're there for a good time they're not really necessarily there just to watch the band which is fine by me because you know i still get paid right <laughs> yeah dude what where would i see you guys what was it otis supply yep and so did they just uh the scheme 13 like kyle and pat and them did they just hit you up or had you guys known them previously at all i'm not i honestly don't really remember what happened how we got that show yeah i think i think they messaged us yeah i think they messaged us mm-hmm. that must be like because the first time you like get messaged not to say that that was the first time but like someone is hitting you up to play a show like because you think about like when you first start out like I don't know if what your guys' experience was, but like to me, it just felt impossible. Like, how the fuck do you even get a show? You know, like who do you ask? Like, do you just mm-hmm. go to the venue? But then you get to the point where like somehow you just figure it out and it starts happening. And then someone, like, what was it like the first time somebody hit you guys up out of the blue to just come play a show? <laughs> I don't. It's been a couple years since then, but like, it's always a good feeling when someone messages you, regardless. Like. Hey, I heard your band. It's sick. Or I got recommended by somebody. You know, that's a great feeling because yeah. you know, it means like you're worth a damn because if you always had to reach out, you know, and like our in our situation where we've been a band for two or three years now, um, when you have to reach out and find a gig and then you have to kind of like, well, here's all the stuff, you know, here's some videos of us like we're sweet. I promise. Like, <laughs> yeah. To get us. A, but like it's it's just nice to have someone definitely just messy because then it takes some uh, some weight off your shoulders, too. You can just. Like, yeah, I have gigs coming. Just I'm waiting for people to message me. <laughs> yeah. But like we're going through it right now. Well, pre-COVID, um, as far as trying to get shows like out of Michigan, because we don't always want to, you know, just stay in Michigan. Right. So like just we started messaging places before COVID hit, like in like Wisconsin and Indiana, Illinois, Ohio, stuff like that. And got a couple people like a lot of a lot of bands out of town like that were going on tour like mulligans was a stop there and mm-hmm. they literally always told the touring bands to hit us up just because oh we have a somewhat crowd base in grand rapids area mm-hmm. but, oh that's pretty sweet grand rapids is fun and also we've been in the music scene for quite a while we were in a metal band oh fuck and, yeah dude. uh a while nice. back so we played like huge shows with like the plot and you at max bar for example like, oh yeah yeah it was Pretty cool. We oh played Jamboree, like headline. Well, not played main stage one year. So, oh, that's fucking sick, dude. Well, before I was in it, they were opening up for like Miss May I and what was it? What were your what was your band called? Look out below. Look up. Oh yeah, I've definitely heard of you guys. Just from like being around, you know, I've heard. I've never, I've never like heard the music, but I've seen that name for sure on like posters and stuff. That's pretty sweet, dude. I've always wanted to be in a metal band, like. Right. Just I like on the side, come back a little bit. Yeah, like I would love to just play guitar in a metal band and like not even worry about singing or anything like that, and just fucking shred. Like I, I do miss just playing guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys are th- three piece, right? So guitar, mm-hmm. bass, and then drummers, mm-hmm. uh, grounded or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah, we yeah. all sing. Well, he, he doesn't have any song- songs where he sings main yet, but I sing the majority of them, and then Rocky, our drummer, 
um, has a song on the last album that he sings, which is our most popular song, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we have some plans for him for like the next EP or album or whatever we release that he's going to have more songs. And oh, that's sweet. He's got his own fan base, though. Like he's got a lot of <laughs> friends up in Big Rapids and around through the music program and stuff that oh, love okay. and support him dearly, which is great. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got his own uh, Spotify like artist channel. Yeah, he makes his own music. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, like, whatever you can do to, like, parlay um, eyes with on your, like, get people to see your group, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would never feel <laughs> any type of way about, like, being in a band with someone who's got their own thing and it's got followers. Like, for instance, like, if you felt like a lot of your fan base was, like, only there, not to say that this is the case, but even if it was, like, if a lot of people were listening to you just because they liked them. Right. And that's what brings like, who gives a shit? Exactly. You know, right. Rocky actually has another band called common nonsense from. Big oh Rapids. yeah. 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 Big Rapids, Grand Rapids area. Um, and we usually always play shows together. Cause you know, like why not just leave the drum set up and you know, yeah, back, dude, back to back drum. Cause like places that are hooking place or, uh, the sound people are, they don't give a fuck about that. They prefer that. If someone could just use a house kit. Yeah. And never have to fuck with it again and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of the times we'll play like house shows up there you know a lot of their fans will show up and they'll discover us from it or like if they come down to jackson area or you know down here in general um people that have heard of us they come to see us now they're common nonsense fans because they got to yeah. see them and yeah you know mm-hmm. would you say that like playing shows is probably the like the biggest thing in terms of developing a sort of following like just playing as much as you can i i definitely think so right now like yeah in like 2019 we were playing pretty much every weekend or sometimes twice a weekend yeah mm-hmm. the word definitely got out like around town if people like just ask who i was and yeah what band i played in oh man i heard of you guys like yeah the, yeah the majority yeah. of people in the jackson area have heard of us now that's sweet mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's i definitely think it's important even if you end up playing a show that has three people in it out of those three people maybe one person liked you and that's one more person that could follow you for forever potentially yeah um there's also like you know there's times when you draw the line like you don't want to play the same place like every single weekend you know because it's just you'll right you'll get burnt out no one really want to come like (laughs) yeah yeah and you know even those i don't really mind playing like those little shows you know everyone has i feel like Mm -hmm. with like five three five people in the basement or like the only people who are there are the other bands or something many many times more often yeah. than not honestly like yeah like a lot of times that happens and it's but the thing is like if you, it, you should never get discouraged by that unless it's like i don't know five ten years in and you're, right. you're still there i guess but every band that makes it like that's part of the road you know what i mean so like if you're going to make it that will be part of it still so just enjoy that too like i don't know i i don't i think sometimes people get like a bad attitude about that type of stuff you know mm-hmm. like or they just like they feel like they're above it or you know they shouldn't have to do that and right. i think that's kind of crazy it's a good way to like travel too, like just meeting mid-level bands around your right like i don't know yeah in other states or whatever because that could be one band that you and then they can come to our city and play a show right yeah like bands like that we've met like fit the bill like that we met through lansing they have their own like house show thing that they got going on you know when it's not covid 
and we've been invited a couple times, both times our schedules just didn't line up. So we didn't go, but like that stuff's awesome. Cause then that's just a bunch of their friends that are hanging out yeah, that are there for them, but then they see us and maybe they like us or something. Yeah. You know? And then they'll come somewhere else and see us and then they'll meet bands like common nonsense or whatever. And then they're right. like, Oh shit. Well, they're better than paper lanterns. I'm <laughs> <now."> and like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of what the podcast is for me. Cause I, I, I kind of discovered the whole DIY scene a little bit later when I was probably like 27, you know? And so I was really just kind of felt like I had to play catch up in terms of making connections and stuff. And I'm like, God, I, got, I don't even have a band or whatever. And like, I got to go to all these shows. Like, cause at that time I didn't have a, like a lineup. I only had songs, but I didn't have anybody to play them. Um, but you know, I had to like find connections somehow. And so I just like started the podcast and now like, it's exactly what you said. Like we'll be talking with one band and then we'll bring up another band that they've played with. And I'm like, Oh, it's like, I've either interviewed them at this point. Cause I've interviewed so many bands from like, from Michigan, especially, but I'll be like, Oh, well, if I've never interviewed them, then I'll hit them up. And then, so like every band that comes in, I usually learn at least of like one other band that, you know, I want to come on or would be interested or, you know, in the sense of like fit the bill they've been on. Um, I think common nonsense may have been. I don't do it's. I don't think there's been have. too many episodes, mm-hmm. especially the Michigan bands. Like I don't want to say they blur together because they're obviously all obviously different, but members probably situations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard to remember after a while, um, which isn't a bad thing no. necessarily. Because no. I mean that means that shit. You might be interested in doing them again. You know, like sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Come on dude. Yeah, I, I love having repeat guests because like it's. I know the dog leg guys have been through a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I've never had them all together. <laughs> no, but like I had uh I had Chase and Alex the first time. They were one of like the first episodes, like thir- mm-hmm. episode 13 or something. And then I had Jake separately and Parker separately. Um but yeah, it's it's cool. Like I love having repeat guests because a lot of times like they're they're just friends. Like they're easy to talk to like once you know people. And I was talking to somebody about this yesterday like you know, you start making so many connections and it's okay to like not maintain some of them. Like, because when you meet so many people, I mean, it can be overwhelming when you're trying to make connections and like network. You're like, Oh, I really want as many as possible. But you realize that if you're going to be in the scene, like they're always going to be coming. So Mm -hmm. just, you know, just figure out which ones you naturally vibe with. You know, it's sometimes you'll get messages or something and it'll just be people hitting you up just to be like checking in, but you could tell he just kind of wants something. Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, I catch that vibe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying maybe I was guilty of that even mm-hmm. in the past. I'm not saying I'm above it or beyond it, but it's just kind of, uh, you know, you meet so many like-minded people. Why not just like put the effort into the ones that you would actually and not be exactly. Like you know you what I mean? Well, a lot of the, like, even the promoters have realized that in Jackson. Like, oh yeah, for sure. We've, we've been putting on shows for a couple different, like, entertainment groups or whatever, and we didn't really get paid. We just kind of did it for, like, exposure, and sometimes they, like, record us or whatever. But after a while, we're just like, you know, if we're going to do this, we're, we're going to need some, some cash. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's not that we don't like those people either. Like, they're always great people and fun to work with. It's just, you know... We're also not just doing this as like, we're not trying to be a bar band in our fifties, which isn't, which is great. Like I'm still probably going to do that regardless. Cause I love playing live music, but yeah. like, that's not my goal with paper lanterns. Like I'm not trying to just 
play my local area my entire life. Like I want to travel and go do things and tour for sure. Right. Like I don't even care about but like I don't even necessarily care about being rich from it. I just want to go play shows. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Like literally. I think even if I had to come back and have like a nine to five job, like I literally whatever. I just want to go play shows for new places and yeah. New faces. No, that's kind of the dream, dude. It's not really I think like the perfect level would be like you're quote unquote famous enough to like sell out clubs around the country mm-hmm. and you're when you're at the show everybody knows you and everybody's like vibing they're all on the same page yeah but you could like, still like go to like walmart or something and people yeah. would still be like being shitty to you because they don't know who you are <laughs> yeah there's <laughs> like a certain level of anonymity that like you need mm-hmm. i feel i personally would need i guess some people really want to be just recognized everywhere i think that's insane see i personally have never wanted to be bigger than like a warp tour band like a, yeah like, not like a not like the big warp tour bands, but just like I don't know, like big enough to like go to different countries and stuff. Like the like, swellers kind of Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, but I don't want to be like as big as like a big famous rock band that's like selling out stadiums, which I would love to do, but Yeah. I don't know. No, Diener from the Swellers, like he's the one that produced my the In a Daydream record mm. I'm putting out later and like Getting to know, to know him, like, he's got the perfect fucking life set up, dude. Literally, like, he just, he, you know, he's got the kid and got the nice house, makes pedals. And yeah, like, he's got a sweet-ass <laughs> studio and, like, toured with Paramore, like, did all these fucking right. crazy, like, played overseas. When he was stuff. young. Yeah. Now that he's old enough to, like, be like, all right, it's time to be a family guy. And Yeah, he figured that out. I wish I would have figured that out when I was, like, 18, like, the, those guys did. I'm, mm-hmm. like, 30 now, about to put out my first record, trying to, like catch up make up for lost time you know it kind of feels that way even to me being 26 because like our drummer rocky's 21 and he's got what seems like i mean we have plenty of time still but like it to me it still feels like you're like you know you'll like i'm a big nirvana fan for example yeah. and it's like well kurt cobain was 27 and did all this stuff and i'm not 27 right. yet but <laughs> well you know everybody is completely different you know and i think there's definitely bands like Minus the Bear put out their first record when they were 28. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were playing well into their 40s. And it just depends on the type of music that you play. And, you know, some things, are, I guess, are more um, timeless than others. Like certain genres, like, will always, right. you know. But, I mean, there's also those, like, butt rock bands that they all get famous when they're, like, in their, like, their late 30s and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> we got hope. We could still be butt rock at least. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's like kind of the way the the scenes change too. Like if you just think of like Bring Me the Horizon or Asking Alexandria, for example, like they used to be like super fucking like yeah. heavy in metal, and now they're like on Q and O six and stuff. So. Yeah, right. even like but, Under Oath did know, that shit. Yeah, but with their last dude, record. Under Oath's my favorite band. I do. Okay, so we can get into Under Oath right now. That's good because <laughs> I think. Their, Tag team, I'm out. Right. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> I think their best record is, is uh, Disambiguation. And my I, buddy Matt... I, I agree. Yeah? Okay, I good. tell that to people and they're like, what? Aaron's so good. I was like, yeah, he's good. But that record, yeah. like every no. song, dude. It's it's a ripper. I just wanted to see since they're, fav- you're your, they're your favorite band, I knew that you would have intimate knowledge probably of that record and like their whole discography and like define the great line is probably a close second for me but disambiguation is so fucking mm, good i love with uh roots and branches is, is that that's uh devil's prada. prada yeah yeah uh what is the it's like two break to see or oh that, song, that album you know what i'm talking about 
Oh, Lost in the Sound of Separation. Right? Oh, yeah, that one's good. Yeah, yeah. That one's really fucking good, too. That's one of my favorites as well. Yeah. Yeah, Prada is one of my favorite bands too. Oh, dude, That's Plagues! Like, I I fucking would jam Plagues all the time. Uh, Goats on a boat. I dude. think they're gonna release a zombie EP part two. Oh shit! So. Oh fuck! See, like that's one of those bands I kind of fell off after a while. I think the zombie EP was the last thing that I really like intimately listened to. Not because I didn't really like them anymore, but I just like taste changed oh, to other things. I love that. That's probably one of my favorite EPs in general. Like just to listen straight through yeah they they fucking rip dude what would you guys say is like just so we don't bore, bore cold to death <laughs> oh no I'm, I'm literally completely fine because yeah. i go off on green day tangents sometimes oh okay dude <laughs> oh my god dude okay so i'm glad you brought up green day because i kind of got that vibe when i saw you guys play i was mm-hmm. like oh this is, this is definitely some green day action but that's making that comparison is is for me from the outsiders is lazy because i think like that's like the first thing you could think of when you have like a three-piece like mm-hmm. punkish well band. my my favorite band is green day and it's a huge influence on both of them yeah um right. and it's not that like i'm necessarily trying to sound like them i just have so much in, like it's literally like the only it's band influence I in all of us. like i'm <laughs> not pretty, really i'm but, pretty right. sure what rocky's favorite one of favorite yeah drummers is like that was the common ground that got us Trey, jamming was i hit up rocky our drummer because his favorite band was green day at the time and i knew he would obviously know a shit ton of green day songs yeah so i invited him over to jam and the name paper lanterns is a green day song oh is it i was yeah, gonna ask about that one of the cool name early songs um those are those things that kind of like fly off and shit they look like yeah yeah okay but like <laughs> so i never dumb, really dude. when i said paper lanterns i literally was like i think in 11th grade looking for just a cool band name from like just lazily from a song yeah. from one of my favorite that's how bands. i got my band name is uh in a daydream is from a circus survival lyric oh okay. I was just like, like circus that's survival also too. one of my favorites <laughs> yeah it's it's from uh one of the songs on on letting go mm-hmm. it just says in a daydream i was like oh I've always been a fucking circus survive junkie, dude. Did you see them at a common ground when they came? No, I was in DC at that time just for work. That was um, such a sick show. It was a uh, brand new and circus survive. Oh, Sea Haven was and there then. Say anything was yep, there. Yep, yep. Say, say anything. Yeah, I was so upset that I didn't get. Wasn't Manchester Orchestra there too? Like, I, I'm not sure, but um, I feel like that was a thing. That yeah was either that or they were there like the year before or after. yeah that was probably my biggest regret of like a show that i wasn't at was that one but i saw you know i saw brand new probably four or five times but at the time i hadn't seen them um but i saw circus survive uh probably like five or six times that i saw them on halloween in royal oak when um they were on the jaterna tour and like the whole band dressed as like karate kid <laughs> that's cool yeah, and then the On Letting Go tour, uh, like the the ten year reunion for those two tours, mm-hmm. and like they had, they always have the craziest shit happen. Like they have like these light bulbs or whatever. And stuff. Yeah, but then they had like you know in Royal Music Theater, like there's those balcony things, those little booths, like kind of suites on the side of the stage, and they had people go up there and they had these like big inflatable like clear beach balls, and they had lights on the inside of them, and then people up there obviously with the band were like throwing like 50 of them out into the crowd that's awesome it, yeah i was like holy shit it's, it's just trippy as hell um but yeah so with green day being such a major influence on you like where do you think that because obviously it, it's not just 
Like you don't sound just like Green Day. You yeah, know like I, mean? I try to change it. Like you know, I don't want to. I don't want to be a ripoff band. That's not right. what I'm trying to do. Right. So I'm, what I'm what I'm asking is like where where do you feel like your kind of flavor comes in? Like where do you feel like you may be getting the thing that makes it different? You know? I like to riff a little bit. It doesn't really show through on um, our most recent album, but a lot of the stuff that I've been writing recently. Um, for example, this one random kid in this basement got it. And I was just like, yes, that's what I like. Um, <laughs> I don't remember where we were at. I think we were in Grand Rapids or Kalamazoo or something at a house show. And this kid came up to me and he's like, bro, you guys are so fucking sick. You guys sound just like Green Day mixed with Four Year Strong. And I was like, you're awesome. Oh, Thank you for that. <laughs> four Year Strong, Because that's like exactly dude. what I would love to sound like is yeah. that exact sound. Because like we have the three-piece harmonies. And like everyone always says, I sound like Billy when I sing. But Rocky also, Rocky and Dylan also sound just like the other guys in Green Day with their vocals. So it's like <laughs> we have like these perfect harmonies with like power punk, and then just right. like the riff. A I went bit. to Western Michigan for vocal music education, so like oh try sweet, to teach these guys some things and like <laughs> make sure our vocals are. Legit. When he like first joined, it was like, Why aren't you all right. in my band, dude. I fucking need that shit. Hey, I got all be these. For hire. No. <laughs> hey, whenever if you're like in the studio, I'll, I'll help. Well, the thing is, I'm I'm good at doing harmonies, like making harmonies. It's just a matter of like you teaching find other that right people. Melody first. Mm-hmm. Well, it's even yeah, that is fine. I'm I'm talking more about like getting the band to learn the harmonies that I right. wrote in the studio type of thing sometimes there'll be like three parts maybe even four parts with like one being doubled or octaved or something because mm-hmm. I, I love the beach boys in that way oh, yeah. like pet the beach sounds boys, the beatles all their harmonies are great yeah that's yeah. like a there's a ton of that on my record that's coming out mm-hmm. is like harmonies like that but I, there's such an integral part of like what makes the songs cool that i'm worried that we need to learn them to do it live in order to really get the full effect of mm-hmm. the record you know i it's definitely just suggest harmonies because like when you get your harmonies and like you all are hitting the harmonies and you can feel it like in the yeah, air, dude. like it's like it vibrates you and it's just like, yes. So like, for example, yeah. um, we recently just did Dogtown Studios in Grand Rapids. The It's like an audio tree style thing. Um, and we, d- we did it. We played it, but we wanted to get our vocals like just right. So we were practicing before we did it and we were listening to the previous recording recording we did i guess of like it was just the band like the music and then we were singing over it but no one in the room could hear us or what we i'm we couldn't all up. we couldn't hear it because we had headphones there we, we were go. singing it in the microphone and then after we took them off the guys were like whoa yeah because it was like the only thing you could hear was us singing so like when we were hitting our harmonies together they were like stopping what they were doing and like looking at us and they were just like dude you could like feel that man that was yeah. great <laughs> and it's just like it's so it's a good compliment sick. to get harm like your harmonies recognized and yeah mm-hmm. i saw this band uh good old war with anthony green and like they have like this folk indie band and they're the backing band for anthony green solo stuff nice but he uh i mean they had like four or five part fucking harmonies in their songs and it was just so on point i know exactly what you mean like when you can like feel mm-hmm. it it's like a and you all have to be piano on or something. One person's not, then it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's funny because when we first, well, when when I first started with Paper Lanterns, because we didn't have Dylan at first, he like came in and it was like a, all right, we can do these harmonies, but we're gonna do them right. <laughs> so right. like we did like our own little 
like recording in my basement where like we're using like electronic drums on the computer and stuff and kind of just did like a little demo and I was doing my vocals and I just kept fucking them up and Dylan's like, let me show you how to do it. So like he came in and like <laughs> did a Titanic to me basically and like put his hands taught on my how stomach, to taught yeah. me how to do my diaphragm. And like, he was like, just start singing. And he was like in the booth with me, like holding me. And it was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like pressing on my stomach. Like you got to push it from here, man. And like that helped me become like way better of a vocalist just doing stuff like that. Yeah. I learned, I learned that in seventh grade. Like one of my soccer, he was my soccer coach and my choir coach. <laughs> like, Sweet. Put your hand on your chest, put your hand on your stomach, take a breath it comes from here most most people you tell them to do that they're like yeah and like that's just bad for just a little yeah, bit think about, he's always yelling at me for opening my mouth too wide when i sing and stuff like put your hands right here and don't make them go past your fingers and like just, hmm. right vowel shapes like mm-hmm. that affects tone and, or like i didn't realize how much huh. that i didn't pronounce things when i sung yeah like with like s's and t's and like you got to pronounce the song you can't just pronounce the song because it doesn't sound like that right right, right. It just kind of sounds like you're mumbling and that's what that's called yeah yeah, yeah see he knows the vocal things <laughs> i just play the music <laughs> yeah no it's 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 a thing dude i uh i hate when i can't when i play like a house show or something and i can't hear my vocals because yeah. the because then you just feel like you're ah! yeah the pa is in front of you and there's no monitor or anything like that and yeah it's the worst dude because we played a show two days ago outside at a ferris state and like i could not hear my bass at all right and they told me to turn my guitar up so like all i heard was guitar no (laughs) bass but the vocals were great but yeah the vocals were great (laughs) and we played we played good oh yeah that must have been nice playing outside. No. <laughs> no? <laughs> it was 30 degrees. Oh, fuck. Yeah, you're right, dude. I've never played when it was so cold that, like, I literally didn't feel like I had my hands. <laughs> like, I didn't even know if my fingers were moving. I had to keep looking down because it just sounded so muddy to me because, like, yeah. my amp, like, the whole situation was just crazy. But I know we were killing it, so. Like, That's good. <laughs> right. Damn. It was crazy. Eventually, like, once my heart started going and got the adrenaline going, like, my hands warmed up and I could feel everything again. But it was, like, just repeatedly rubbing my hand on, like, you know, steel guitar strings. It was not a good time. Yeah, dude. Holy shit. I didn't even think about the the temperature. And it was 8 o'clock at night when we started, so. Oh, so it was nice and chilly. Yeah, it was very cold. Yeah. Wore a lot of clothes. So you said that this was the, this is the year today that the day we're recording this is the year anniversary of your last release yep cool what what is that one called and comfort in the disconnect comfort in the disconnect it's a five song ep by smog moon recordings out of lansing oh sweet sweet and so was did you guys it was a year ago so you didn't get to play any shows for it i'm I'm guessing so like we started to promote it one one festival in the summer but that was pretty much Oh, okay. And it was in like 90 degree weather and there's <laughs> like plus no COVID. Weather. No one wanted to come out, which is understandable. Yeah. But it yeah, was like yeah. in the middle of nowhere type of thing where like everyone was still minding their own business and like it wasn't it wasn't as weird as like people were making it out that it was gonna be. Like it was still like people were being, you know, like we're gonna we're here to have fun, but <laughs> Right, right. Was there um with an EP it's not always as um 
common to have like concepts and stuff i guess i don't know if that's necessarily true but i'm just curious like is there a concept to it at all or is there like a maybe like a a loose theme not really um at the time that i wrote the songs it like i had just gone through a pretty shitty breakup yeah so like a couple of the songs are about that and then i have one song that's basically just you know you got to have at least one song about this if you're a pop punk band you know it's about me just loading up and getting the fuck out of town <laughs> this town it's got the funniest cliche little pop punk lyrics in it and stuff but it's a yeah. river and then the song that our drummer wrote rocky i had this great little riff and it was a short quick green day pretty much style song yeah and i just could not find any lyrics that fit and one day we were just jamming it and rocky was like hey man i think i have some lyrics that'll fit that song and i was like well fucking sing it man so we yeah. jammed it and he sang it all the way through and as soon as the song was done, I was like, so, you know, you're singing the song, right? Like, uh-huh. this is your song now. Like, yeah. And then that's the one that we pushed really hard. We have a music video for it. Oh, um, sick. Q106 out of Lansing plays it. Oh, fuck yeah, so, dude. Yeah, it's that's the banger. <laughs> that's sick. I've heard like I've heard my voice on the radio one time. It was like the uh, WRIF was has like this. If you have HD radio, you can get 101.1 and then 101.1A or some shit. It's like on the same level, but it's like a, a secondary HD station that they'll play more local stuff. And you can just send in music and they play almost anybody that sends in a song. Like they have this show that's specifically for like local that's submissions cool. and things there like that. There needs to be more places like that. Yeah. Or people that do that in general. Yeah. Because no one wants to support local bands anymore, man. It's just like, oh, I'm going to go support this person because they sold a million records last year, but I don't have $5 to go to this bar to support my friend's band for a half an hour. (laughs) Well, even, even, yeah, even the people who are like in our sort of world, like the DIY crowd, even that can start to get a little bit clicky. No, you're totally right. There are some bands that, you know, run some scenes around some areas and... It's hard to get get to jam with them. We're just trying to connect with everybody and jam. Yeah, it's fun, man. Like I don't care if you guys just got together or if I'm not gonna I'm gonna treat you the same way. Right. Okay. I can't wait for to be able to like host shows here because I would really like between my house and Charlie's house where we're gonna have like the main shows to like build a scene and build more of one. Like build like a subsection of like the Detroit scene, you know, and right follow those sort of ethos of like not being a gatekeeper douchebag Mm -hmm. you know like just letting anyone who like is deserving of a spot to play or like just is dedicated anybody who really wants to do it and isn't an asshole just doing my best to like give them a shot and like not just having the same bands through all the time and just you know what i mean we haven't really met too many people like in the detroit area scene like we played at that i think it was called the phoenix the Phoenix Five. Yeah, I played there times, once. Mm-hmm. But and then like Hot Rocks, and then what was that other place? I don't know. It was like some little small little bar. I don't even remember what it was called. Uh, it was or, like the old Hot Rods, I think. Or something like that. I don't know. We played with this that awesome band with the female vocalist, and they covered uh, um, Africa by Toto. But oh, not, really? But not in like the Weezer way. And it <laughs> was like really fucking good. And we were drunk and had having a great time. <laughs> Yeah, but you said it, what it was. the band's from around here with the female vocalists. No, they're from oh. Florida. I don't oh, know. okay. I can't okay. remember what they're called now. 
Gotcha. But yeah, I know there's going to be a couple of our friends just got houses in Grand Rapids and they're planning on doing some. Oh, fuck some yeah. Shows too, so. Yeah, I was going to play out in Grand Rapids. That was like going to be like, we're going to do like a weekend run. We're going to hit like Lansing, Kalamazoo, and Grand Rapids. That was back uh, um, one March ago, like a year from a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was bummed. I really was looking forward to playing out there. I do know a couple bands out there. Um, Hexing came on here, aren't mm-hmm. they from Grand Rapids? I don't remember, but I think I think they're from like that area. Before. Yeah, I think we have to. And then this band of like kids that look, they I think they are like fresh out of high school. Pretoria is band. Yeah, we played there. with them too. Yeah, we were going to do like a run with them, like play, hit all three cities with Pretoria because they've been on the pod and they're really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just looking forward to like shows again dude i'm excited like, for more people to like hear about your podcast too because there's a lot of other great bands that i could suggest that would probably love to come just sit down and talk about themselves like dude. <laughs> uh, dude i was just saying yesterday talking about like you know why i thought the podcast would work even though no one knew me when i started it like well i mean i'm an artist and one thing i know is that i like to talk about myself like i like to talk about the music that, mm-hmm. that i do and my stuff because they're out of context of something like this a lot of times, unless someone asks you specifically, no one wants to hear you just like blabber on about like your creative process or like, you know, these things that would actually feel really nice and validating to talk about that there wasn't, there's not always like a, a real context for it. And so I thought podcasts would be mm-hmm. perfect. Like, also, if you have bands that, you know, that have gone on like mini tours or, you know, like a lot of people don't really want to call it a tour if they're just going down south and up real quick for a week, but yeah, just stuff like that, like I don't know, like bands like Dogleg or uh, Anti Ghost or something like that. Yeah, that have, that have been around, that have done stuff. Like people that are like in smaller bands, like myself, like to listen to those style of podcasts too, because you get to hear a little insight of what they're doing and how they make things yeah. work and stuff. And that could be, you know, someone could literally just hear something stupid that like none of us even take for granted that we are you know we've known for forever like maybe someone doesn't know it and they're like oh that's what i'm doing wrong yeah and they change it and then you know then they have a little bit more luck with it yeah i mean that's kind of what i i do i try to do a lot because i'm in that same situation of like i'm in a band and i want to try and figure out how to make it and so every time i have a a guest on that has kind of traveled down that road a little bit i'm constantly asking questions like trying to figure out like what the hell they did and like taking mental notes and I'm definitely aware of that, of, of how a lot of the people who probably listen to this are in that boat too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I try to ask questions for, you know, to help them <laughs> a lot of times, you know. Well, yeah, um, you, you always got to start somewhere too. Like just think of like audio tree or whatever. Like mm-hmm. they were starting probably just like with interviews and yeah. small videos and yeah. they're making glop on YouTube and having bands and, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, or tiny desk well tiny desk is npr but npr yeah. for example i'm sure yeah. they started yeah, somewhere like, <laughs> yeah you know i figure it's it's been a slow grind trying to build this podcast up and i'm still not even close to like where i would like to be and to a point where i could make serious money doing it too that would be fucking awesome you know but i think yeah i think just it's just a matter of time because every Every episode is like a kind of another one or two people that are now know the podcast because someone who will listen to it just because of you guys, at least one of them has never heard of it before, right? you know? And so you get different people and hopefully every episode you get one or two people who become repeat listeners. 
Mm-hmm. So it's just this long process. But, you know, you look at like even the biggest podcast in the world, like Joe Rogan, like did probably two, three, four hundred episodes before it even got even anywhere close to what it is. Right. And now. you've been persistent, I feel like. I mean, you have quite a bit of episodes on Spotify and yeah. wherever else you post it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a hundred and I just put out 113 and I, yeah. So I've done about a 120. Already. I mean, when we met you in like. It was, was like that, episode like four. <laughs> it was like June of 2019 or something yeah. like that. I mean, yeah, you had just started. So I had your little stickers. Yeah. <laughs> I had it in my wallet for like a couple months. It was weird. I just never took it out for some reason. Huh. I, had, I had mine <laughs> in the back funny. of my amp and I was waiting for the perfect spot to put it and I don't know where it went. <laughs> so <laughs> I need to order more, dude. I only had so oh, wait, many of them. It might be on a guitar case now. I don't know. I was saving it for something good, though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the, people love the stickers, dude, and it's free advertising. You know, mm-hmm. well, it's not free because you got to buy them, but I have to buy them. I don't ever sell them to people. I just like hey, here you, you go. spend money to make money. Hell yeah! <laughs> so you guys, um, with your band, like, do you guys go the whole nine yards with like merch, like record pressing, or anything like that? Or we do have uh, some albums. We ordered like a hundred. I think we only have like 20 left, but oh, that's cool. And we've like made our own shirts and stuff, but nothing like that. We like keep up with like we should. Yeah. <laughs> right. We need, we need to do make a mm-hmm. online store just to have yeah. stuff, even wristbands, stickers, lanyards. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like, I feel like we've mainly put all of our money that we have made just more into like, we were saving up for that EP and stuff was what our end goal was. And then once we could get the MP or the NP, the EP, you know, then we could start pushing EP sales and then, you know, making a little bit of merch money and vice versa and spending it back and forth. But it's right when we started getting real serious about everything. And like, you know, we had the album coming out, COVID decided to kick off our grind. And yeah. So, but I mean, that's not an excuse, but, (laughs) but no, I mean, it, it kind of like, makes sense though at least i mean i guess you guys have more of like a uh a following to where there's people who still listen to your music even though you're not playing live and stuff so maybe people would buy the merch if it was there Mm -hmm. but you know i'm sure they would we just need to do it (laughs) right 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 like how long have you guys actually been a a band in this form uh as with us three um i think the beginning of 2018 technically like december november of 2017 he joined Oh, okay. And then he's... We played our first show, I think, in December of 2017, right? Okay, it was, like, right before New Year's. I remember it was, like, right after Christmas. Yeah. And for some somehow we, like, packed it (laughs) in this little place in Jackson. Sweet. And we haven't seen it turn out like that since. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Just joking. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, it doesn't take that long if you're dedicated, though. Like, Mm -hmm. because the pandemic was towards, you know, the beginning of 2020, so maybe, like, two years max you guys were at the point where you were playing all over the place and we were getting ready to leave the state for sure yeah like i had planned i mean now it's 2021 we definitely would have been out of state for sure yeah that was our goal for 2020 was to get the fuck out right yeah there's no literally shut down like right around the time our album dropped we we were planning on doing like a little midwest little little run you know i wanted to we wanted to hit like chicago and Go up Pennsylvania, or not Pennsylvania. Uh, go up to like Wisconsin, but wanted to hit Pennsylvania and all. Yeah, like, literally just the whole Midwest area. Like we just wanted to go have fun, and then um, I wanted to do a different one where we just traveled down the coast, down to Florida, and back up. Yeah, just, but you know, just That'd gotta so go. Awesome. Gotta wait. Hopefully, 
when COVID is under control, you know, it won't be too hard to find shows too, though, because everyone's going to be wanting to book and. Yeah, but everyone already wanted to book. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, you know, I guess some bands were on, would take breaks from touring and things like that. So that maybe there's a little bit less overlap and everyone will want to be playing at the same time, I guess. But I felt like for the most part, everyone always was trying to book like months in advance and always have shows. So. Mm Yeah, like maybe if there's less venues, that might be a problem. That, that's the biggest. That's problem. a problem too. Yeah. But I think new yeah. ones will pop up. You know, mm-hmm. for every everyone that's not willing to reopen, another one will take its place because there's an infinite demand right. for live music. music. Ain't gonna stop. No. no, and hopefully, everyone will also want to get out and go see local shows because you know being all cooped up in the house and I can't go do this because of COVID, can't do that because of COVID, and hopefully now they're just gonna be tired of it and just want to go. Yeah. Well, the people that really want to are going to be there. There might be less people there, but the people that do show up are the ones that you would have hoped to play to anyways. Right. I feel like. Yeah. You know, so it could be smaller audiences of like the most dedicated or the most interested people, which we covered earlier. Like, it doesn't really matter if you're not playing to very many people. If you get one or two people from any show that like want to go follow you and listen to your music. Sweet. Literally. You only need, like, there's this theory that, like, you only need, like, if a band has, like, 1,000, or it might even be 100, or, like, some number like that, dedicated fans that will consistently buy the records, buy the merch, buy tickets, that's enough to, like, actually function and make a living, you know, because those people will always have friends that they bring to shows and things like that, but you really only need, like, not as many like dedicated hardcore fans as you would think, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me. Because I mean, if they all buy your album at five dollars and then get a shirt with it too, yeah, and it didn't cost that much to make your album or shirt, <laughs> right? I mean, depending on how much you're selling it for or what you did, but right, you could get your money back. Yeah, now, I kind of wanted to ask too about less on uh, like the touring or whatever side of things, and back to the subject of like. You know, you don't want to be a rip-off band and you're like, mm-hmm. you like you want to I'm curious, um where do you kind of see um your because I think part of that is like making trying to progress through your records and like kind of not changing the sound, but kind of like um evolve having your sound like evolve naturally over time. And like do you guys do you guys see any sort of particular direction that you want things to go in, or do you have like some bands like they kind of have that chart kind of or that path charted out and other people don't but i'm not curious if if you've noticed any evolution in the sound since you guys got together do you have like an idea where you'd like it to go (laughs) um if you we have our first little ep we have both of them we have this ep that our friend recorded and then we have the one we did in the studio um the one that our friend recorded it's 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 really muddy and stuff you can tell we did it you know on our own type of thing yeah that just straight up sounds like a Green Day record almost. Like that's just like a couple songs have some riffs on it, but like it's got the harmonies, it's real upbeat, it's got the four chord stuff. It's catchy and it's fun. And the one we just released a year ago today kind of has that same, you know, jam to it, but it's not the same. It's got more riffing to it, a little bit more changing. It's I don't really know how to explain it. But the stuff that I'm writing now, I started getting into pedals and stuff finally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After like X amount of years playing guitar. And I want to start incorporating a bunch of that stuff into it. 
dope. But right. I don't know what you're th- what you think about it, but yeah, I mean, I think our like punk aspect will always be there, but yeah, I def I think we're kind of getting heavier in a way, or just like more riffy, even more like classic rock in a way. Yeah, like yeah, I but I my main thing is I just I always want I want all of my songs to be able to be played on the radio, not like in like a sellout type of way but in like i want it billy joe for example from green day had a way that i like to look at the way i write and if it sounds good on an acoustic guitar it's a good song yeah and i like that and it makes sense because it's like i want to be able to sit down on an acoustic and play it and not have it only sound good when it's cranked up to 10 with gain like right right that is something i want to be able to sing it softly if i want to like quietly at like a bar at like a brewery because like if you play at a brewery in your metal band, you're not going to play there again. Like, right, <laughs> right. It's not a thing. Like they, people want music that they can dance to or vibe to and stuff. So like that's just yeah. Like, so like when I write, I try to really make sure everything I'm writing is catchy. I try to make sure that my choruses you can remember when they come the next time around. It's just mm-hmm. I just do stuff like that. Like that aspect will always be there, but I'm also always looking in to what Dylan and Rocky want to do in the songs too, because they always have a crazy idea for like my songs when I never even thought about it. And yeah. Right. Like we, we write riffs, but like, mm-hmm. it's not ever set in stone. Like we'll all never have certain like accents or stops or just even different chord progressions that we try and we're not, we, we take constructive criticism pretty well. That's another thing yeah. that's really important about us is like, we'd never argue. And that's band. good like and everything that we've ever suggested in like writing music it's always like yeah yeah let's do it that's it like, <laughs> right, right right if it works it works if it doesn't it, it doesn't mm-hmm. but and we're usually pretty honest like eh, i don't know i don't think i think we should just stick with it this way and and usually the other person's like all right yeah but we always try it too though i'm yeah i'm not i don't want to say i'm bad about that but it's it's hard for me sometimes to be honest when because i in my band i am like the i'm pretty um adamant about being the sole songwriter because mm-hmm. like i i have other bands where i'm not you know mm-hmm. but i want to have one thing where it's just exactly what i want it to be like that's the whole point of it to me is that one band mm-hmm. and so when someone comes up with an idea like i encourage ideas and things but it's always weird for me when i want to be like nope not at all like we're not doing that a hundred percent no <laughs> like, <laughs> no trust me there are times when i feel yeah. like that too but i can't like pick got the chainsaw band. yeah <laughs> i can't like pick up like a specific time where like i've done something in a song that i didn't like but also i usually always just get used to it like i, I don't know how to explain it like it's probably because we live together and i'm just like colton no. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though, too, though, is, like, I I have no musical or singing background at all. Yeah. And, you know, he was the choir the choir kid and stuff. And, like, I also um, listened to punk music, and he mainly grew up listening to, like, hardcore metal bands and stuff. So, like, I don't yeah. think of, like, like, those bands are all great because they always put crazy little intricate things in their music and stuff mm-hmm. that I never think about, little stops and, like, well, if we stop here and then bring it back on like this, oh, yeah, you know what dude. I mean? I yeah. never think about stuff like that. I always just like, dan, 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 yeah. you know? but like those are such a big thing. Like they're yeah. so important right. yeah. to make and a band. And that's where Dylan and Rocky come yeah. in. Stuff like I was in uh, 
band for years as well. Like I played trumpet too and uh, guitar nice. and bass. But yeah, like I I can't read trumpet music. is fucking and rad. Piano, but <laughs> that's sweet. Yeah, like that's I think what makes because um, I'm not like I'm good at guitar, but I'm not of like a virtuoso. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not like I don't know any music theory or anything same, like that. Same here with me. Like uh, I started on bass with our metal band, and then I kind of we kind of fell out for like a year or so. Yeah, and I brought the band back, but I literally learned like all of our guitar parts, and then I asked Colton to join. Oh uh, yeah. And, because I'm not a metal person. So, like, right. I definitely learned a lot on the guitar, but... And then when our band kind of fell apart again, he asked me to join Paper Lanterns, and he fucking drilled Green Day, like, <laughs> into my head. Like, that, yeah. was, that was my fucking well, gr- homework. Okay. Well, so, so I've, just, like, listening to Mike Dirt, like, he... He is what I... He's one of my favorite, like, basses. Oh, yeah, he's the shit. I, I want to get into more, like... Because I want to get better, you know? Like, yeah. I'm not the best bassist either by any means. But. Right. But the, the important thing is, like, I feel like what would make what I think is, is good about my own stuff or, like, what I look for in other people's bands is are those transitions and are those little creative um, little pieces that only that band could have thought of because, you know, not not necessarily that another band couldn't play it but it's just like something that tells you like oh that was what they decided to do in that moment that makes it uniquely theirs it's not just you know verse four times chorus twice verse four times there's like little things Mm -hmm. within each part and like the transitions between them that are just make it interesting to listen to i guess you know that's like kind of how we write it's i'll usually write like the music and the lyrics and I'll bring it to them and we'll practice it. And I'll tell them what I want them to do. Kind of like, do this, do that. And we'll jam it. And then I'll kind of step back and be like, what do you guys think about it? What should we do? And then that's where the structures start coming into play. Like, well, Rocky wants to do this. And Dylan thinks that we should do that. And I should stop playing guitar here and let Dylan do that. But then I can bring it back with this. And, yeah. like, you know, and it's usually always worked out for us that way. Yeah. And that's always, I you know, a lot of times that stuff will just come in the moment. Like. You it know, does. For yeah, sure. you're just like, all right, everyone stop. You do this here, you stop here, and then you do this here, and then I'll do this. And it just, I don't know where it comes from. But it's like just chemistry. It's yeah. Cool. Like, we played together. And or like at any there, point in time, time when one of us fuck up in a stage show, no one misses a beat. They just kind of, we kind of look at each other and like laugh, like you fucking dumbass. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And like keep playing and like we don't <laughs> make a big deal about it. Because you all take turns being that person. Oh, yeah. you know? we, we drink and we smoke weed before we play. We're going to fuck up. Like, yeah. But it's also punk rock, and that's what makes it cool. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, you don't really necessarily need to. You can let loose a little bit, you know. Right. Shit, there are times when I fuck up on the guitar, and I'll just stop playing for a second and slide in like I meant to do it <laughs> into the next chord. <laughs> yeah. Man, sometimes you just got to fake it. Some no. bodies don't know shit. Sometimes they're just like, oh, my God, that's awesome. For example, right. <laughs> for example, like the show we just had in Big Rapids, I kicked my cable out of my tuner and my guitar stopped right in like a really epic build up part and like nothing. It was just bass and drum. And I just I like was in such shock and mad at myself that I stopped playing, looked at Dylan and just put my head back and just started laughing and like walked over to my pedals during the breakdown, clicked it back in just in time to finish the song. And then I was just like, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, fuck. that's those like blue balls moments are the fucking worst like i 
there's a part where I remember the same thing happened to me where like I'm playing clean and then like I slam down on the fuzz or whatever and then it's just huge part and then I slam down without looking and I my foot turned the volume all the way down oh my God. on the pedal so it was on but it just had no so volume. you're like what's going so on and then you're fucking, like oh shit yeah, yeah. Shit, what? shit happens you know? yeah like, once you do it once then you know mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's what's important about having extra cables and stuff mm-hmm. like that too like you never know when one of your cables just might fuck up and you, literally you don't have a guitar tech or whatever problem with pedals. literally this guy on my shirt is one of my good friends yeah <laughs> um we played this festival back in september or whatever that we were talking about and his amp fried so I like ran as fast as I could to my car and grabbed my amp and ran back to the stage and basically threw my amp on stage like take my amp and yeah. save the show. <laughs> oh, dude, I've done that with my guitars before. Like someone broke a string or like an important mm-hmm. string or something. Right. Like ran out to my car like a show I was also on. I'm just like here, give him this, yeah. and it's like my I gave him this one kid my strat one time, and I was like, don't fuck this up, <laughs> please. <laughs> please. I mean, I was just joking, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm I. I give credit to all those guitar players, though, who can break a string and then fucking put one back on within, like, fucking 30 seconds or a minute. Like. Oh, that's insane. I've never seen that. I've seen people, like, just play through, you know? Mm-hmm. They just figure it out. So I'm usually pretty quick about it, putting a string back on, but I also always bring two guitars, so I don't ever really have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys is, like, with a three-piece, I think, you know, you want the guitar to be pretty big sounding you know? yeah actually that was one of the compliments that our producer had with our album was he's like dude i like didn't really layer these tracks and this sounds really full for a three-piece yeah and that's always been a, not just him like people that have seen us really like how we sound um i feel like it just has a lot to do with how we strum like and, what's your rig too like what do you play um I, well it's different from what i've usually been using but this but now i have a 100 watt marshall Oh, two amp. Yeah. But before that, like literally the past two or three years, I've just used a 22 watt Bugera combo amp. Yeah. And I plug it into the Marshall for extra sound. The cab. Oh, the cab. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's what I was going to say. I imagine you probably have at least a two by 12. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I got know. a half sec. And then he's got a badass cab that we call Joy. She's <laughs> such a fucking joy to carry. <laughs> joy Smyer. Four by 10 PV with a horn. It's like oh, 500 yeah. pounds. That's and I got like a not really, but I don't know what year it is. I'm pretty sure it's like an 80s PV Marks three or something. Yeah. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, for a while I was the only guitarist in my band. I was just playing um, with one guitar and a drummer because that's all we had, and I just wanted to play shows. And so I ended up getting uh, looking into like two amp rigs. So now I play. I always tell this to three piece bands in case like they feel like it would it would help them at all because when I have you know I have a they're both one by twelve two amps but I have my pedal board that I run all the pedals just to the main amp and then the secondary amp just gets clean guitar and they did you, that at Dogtown for us yeah that's it's so sweet dude and like you you can like set the, I set the secondary amp that gets no pedals to just like a little bit of crunch so that if I'm playing soft, it's clean. But if I Mm -hmm. play it strong, it adds to the distortion of the other amp. But like doing things like putting chorus on the the effect amp and not having it on the, uh, the other one, or like using the pitchfork pedal to like set 
uh, the one amp to a harmony and then the other one to just the actual note you're playing. It sounds like two guitars playing. Like things like mm-hmm. that you can do to make one guitar sound like really big. We had a fourth guitarist for like a year or so and he didn't quit and we didn't kick him out. He's just a part of this, you know, this really good band where he just shreds the entire time. And he was like, yeah, I'll play with you guys. Like he offered. Yeah. So I was like, sure. So when he joined up, I was like, look, if you want to just like stay like with your other band, like that's fine. Like I realize that's your main band. Like, oh yeah, man, it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> so like we just jammed for like a long time. He he jammed with us a couple weeks ago. So yeah. He, and I saw him at uh, Dirty Bird. He said he wants to come jam again. So. Oh hell yeah. Well, yeah, like that. Like we're still great friends and he didn't quit and we didn't kick him out. It's just, just got busy with other stuff. So like we don't really have a fourth or a fourth member now. Right. But, but it's cool, like, if we asked him, he, he would be able to know, like, all of our songs and right. just rip on them. So yeah. That's pretty cool. Have you guys actually played? Because I know you're, you're talking about starting to do more, like, out-of-state stuff. Like, have you guys ever played out-of-state at all? Or Not, no, I haven't in general ever, but he has with Lookout Below. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I played one time. I played in Bowling Green one time, but it was just, like, in a garage. And it was, I mean, it was a fucking sweet garage. It was packed, but you're out of state. So yeah, like, you know, the, yeah, everyone looks like, at you like you're the out of state man. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. Yeah. It was cool. It was a big show too. It was crazy. Like that, the podcast got me on that show. Cause like my band had no business being on the lineup to be honest. But like I asked if I could come do a podcast because this band equipment had was like releasing an EP and I was like about to put out my 50th episode so i wanted to do something kind of special so i hit him up i was like hey can i come like podcast from this show for the 50th and then like kind of play the show too you know (laughs) and they were (laughs) yeah and they were cool about it dude it was awesome Mm -hmm. um yeah we're about let's see here about the hour mark i want to just see like well just real quick too like with like the because i like asking about lyrics too so is there anybody like is Billy Joel like a a lyrical sort of influence as well, or do you guys take any other influence? I don't really have any lyrical. Like I love like he's obviously yeah. my favorite songwriter, but like I don't really my lyrics. I don't really write like anybody. I like to just I yeah. Tell I don't know how it is. I literally just I guess like what, you well, t- then, well, how you did tell you, me how my lyrics because I literally don't know. I how did you write. get like started writing? Like what did you was you just like an emo kid? Sad like, kid, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sad boy shit. Yeah. Like, uh, that's what it is. I mean, that's what a lot of the, our music is, is me with like struggling with like mental health and stuff. like. That. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I'm excited for the new album to come out because I've literally had the best like year and a half of my life recently. So like, I'm not in that place anymore. So when I hear my own music now, I kind of feel like it's fake to me and I hate it. So like, I just want to write something that's uh, not sad now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing to think about it though, cause I kind of feel I feel that because the record I wrote is definitely like emotionally revealing about a part of my life that I'm just not in anymore, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And I just try to think about it, like kind of separating myself from it a little bit. Like I just made a piece of art, you know, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Like people who hear it, a lot of them won't know me and they'll just, they won't be applying it the way that I'm applying it because I know what it's about. Like people will be right. applying exactly. it to their own lives and, you know, just interpreting it their own way. You only own like 50% of what you put out. The people's interpretations are like the other half, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like two songs on 
our most recent album are directly about my breakup with my ex. And I always felt really weird about him being around like my current girlfriend because I'm just like, I promise these songs are just like, dude, I know what you it's mean. just whatever. And she's like, oh, no, these songs are good songs. And I was just like, oh, yeah. that's how you feel about them. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So she's super supportive. So like, I feel less weird about it. Like now, like it's they're just kind of songs to me now. Like I. Yeah. I like them still. But because there's like other breakups yeah, probably you've had in your life. People going through mm-hmm. shit all the time. And sometimes, you know, like, yeah, it feels right. good to hear shit like that. that Mm-hmm. yeah and a lot of times like getting that stuff out is your way of getting over it and so the fact that you yeah. have like a whole song mm-hmm. means at the like point- you're not all caught up on it <laughs> yeah no at the point that we recorded the album even like i remember a couple times being in the vocal booth and even at that point in time i was just like guys can i just like rewrite the lyrics real quick because like i this is not like I feel yeah so weird like yeah Cause like, but cause like I had wrote the songs through summer and then we had recorded at the very end of that year going into the next year. And I just, it just didn't sound right to me. I still love all the songs. Like they're great songs. Like I'm very proud of them, but I'm just so excited to get back into the studio and not have it. And that'll be part of our transformation as well. Like maybe we won't be sad boy punk anymore. And now I can yeah just be a good lyricist somehow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Dude, that that is like a struggle. It's not all sad boy punk. It's, oh no, no, I would no! Just consider them like ballads or something, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, not just all straight. Right, right, right. Like, right. Yeah, I I think it's that's what I'm worried about the most though. Like, for future records, is where am I going to draw inspiration if I'm doing okay? Because I was mm-hmm. not doing okay, dude. You yeah. know, like I was fucking like grieving and just not doing well for a lot of it you know just just straight up not right no i totally i never feel feel more inspired than those moments Mm -hmm. and so it's i started writing a couple other songs and they are happier they're more like nicer like prettier almost and i'm like okay i guess this is just the direction i'm going because Mm -hmm. even though i really love the sound of like the sad music if it's not, if I'm not there, I just gotta just go with whatever, wherever I'm at, you know, whatever right. music I'm supposed to write is gonna happen, type like, of thing. I'm, I've almost considered like trying to write songs more like Wonder Years inspired almost to where like, yeah, they're not so much about, I mean, they're about being sad, but they're a lot about getting better too. Yeah. Dude. Like there's a lot of really good songs by the Wonder Years that helped me a lot. Yeah. And I would, that's the main reason I want to play music anyway in general is there's been like, man, I was like really sad from like 2013 until recently. And yeah. there is a lot of music where when I would see the band that I went to see and I was hanging on every single moment and every lyric that they would sing, like that shit helped me through. And like, I want, or like, here's another thing, Citizen. That band, yeah, I don't really know their music very well, but I know that they're great people. <laughs> yeah, and what happened was, is I was at a warp tour, and I was just walking by their tent, and it was the very end of the line, and one of my buddies was going through some hard shit and was always telling me about how Citizen helped them through and shit, and I walked right up to the tent, like at the end of their signing, and I was like, hey man, like I just want to let you guys know, like that set was sick, you guys just played, you know, six set, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um. I just wanted to thank you guys for really helping my buddy through because he's going through some shit and like he like relies on you guys like you guys are like his you know his his engine basically to keep him going and 
they thought like through the conversation, it was just super awesome. So they literally gave me a record. They signed it to my friend's name and they all signed the front of it for free and said, tell them we said to keep going. And like, That's I started, so awesome. like I started bawling. Cause I was just like, you guys are so sweet. Yeah. Like, and like, I want that moment for me. Like I want someone to come yeah, to my man. show and be like, Hey man, like all this happened to me this year, but tonight I just forgot about all of it. And I want to thank you for keeping me alive and shit. Like, that's what I want to do. I don't give a fuck about money and all that. Like, I just want to connect with people. Yeah, dude. That's where it's at. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more, dude. But yeah, I think that's probably a good spot to wrap, dude. I'd say so. We're not going to get better than that. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, just like let people know where they can find your music and any parting words or whatever. Everything we have is Paper Lanterns MI social medias um we're on spotify itunes Bandcamp. you can find us on youtube and pornhub only fans no. <laughs> no but give us a follow on facebook for sure definitely and we've been a lot less active recently just because we don't have anything to put out but i'm gonna try to get on that shit too like we we do like to interact with people and yeah see what's up and stuff and we do plan on getting into the studio within the next couple of months too. So we're going to be booking something sweet. So yeah. sweet. Well, thanks for coming out guys. Thanks for um, having us, man. Ready? All right. This is our first acoustic attempt at bandage. <laughs>
Thanks for listening, everybody. Go check out Paper Lanterns. Um, give the podcast a follow on Instagram. We're there. Give give the band a follow on Instagram. They're there. I think they're on Twitter, too. If you use that noxious cesspool. I hate Twitter, but we're there. Um, delete your Twitter um, if you're cool. But follow us before you do. And thanks for listening.